0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. While Jesus was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away. For the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. When the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Today's gospel lesson is one of those stories that appears in several of the gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You know it perhaps, especially when you hear the name of the ruler who was concerned for his daughter. His name was Jairus. Jairus came to Jesus because his daughter had died. And while Jesus was on the way to help raise this little girl from death, he was interrupted. And the other gospels tell us something more about that scene, how somebody touched Jesus and he felt the power go out of him and he stopped the procession and said, who touched me? And the disciples marveled at him. How can you ask who touched you? The crowd is pressing around you. People are touching you all the time. And he talked to the poor old woman who had been suffering for so long, who had sought the help of physicians, but they had only made things worse. He talks to her and he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. And this interruption does nothing to stop him from going and raising Jairus' daughter from the dead because Jesus is good and merciful. And he rewards faith with blessings. He rewards faith with blessings. These characters in these uh, episodes from the gospel, Jairus and this poor old woman, they would have had plenty of reasons to stay away from Jesus. They had plenty of reasons not to To come to him. For the poor old woman who was suffering from this flow of blood, he seems pretty busy. Jesus is on his way right now. He's going to help somebody who's dead. Perhaps I should wait. Perhaps I should stay back. Maybe he doesn't have time for me. Maybe he would consider it presumptuous. After all, maybe I'll just touch the corner of his garment. She doesn't want to get in his way. Or maybe they would have had reason to be skeptical. Yes, I've heard things about Jesus. I've heard about the marvelous things he can do. But there are lots of miracle workers. There are lots of folks pretending that they can cure diseases. Maybe it won't work. Maybe this is just a ruse. Maybe I'll just be made a fool. There has to be another way. There has to be another way for me to be restored. Maybe another doctor. Maybe another trip to a physician. Maybe if I make a sacrifice to another god. Maybe if I offer something up. Or maybe I'm just bent on mourning. Maybe that's all there is. Maybe all I have for me is sorrow. Any number of reasons that Jairus and this poor woman could have stayed away from Jesus. And yet here they are, because they believed, they had faith, they trusted in Jesus. And you can see in this gospel two really important characteristics of faith, two ways that faith shows itself, or two prerequisites for faith, really. The first is humility, and the second is confidence. Humility and confidence. Neither of these people could have come to Jesus and received anything from him if they were not humble. Look at how the humility of Jairus shows up in our lesson. He comes before Jesus and his first, his first posture is kneeling before him. He throws himself at Jesus' feet. He is humble. He humbles himself. He's a ruler of the Jews. He doesn't kneel down for anyone and here he kneels before Jesus. And all that he brings to Jesus is the problem. All that he brings is what he is suffering. He doesn't say, Jesus, I'm a ruler of the Jews, and people generally do what I ask them to do, and I'd like you to do for me what I ask you to do. He doesn't say, I'm a worthy person. I've obeyed your law my whole life long. I go to church every Sunday. I'm faithful. I give my offerings. He didn't come with anything except for the problem that was in front of him. The only thing he said when he knelt down before Jesus was, my daughter has died. Just the fact of the situation. He has nothing to offer Jesus except for this trouble. And that is exactly what he brings. He doesn't offer an argument. He doesn't try to persuade Jesus. He doesn't try to manipulate him. He just throws the problem at Jesus' feet. You can see the humility shown a different way with the woman. She comes to Jesus and look at how humble she is. She doesn't get up in his face and say, Look, you need to stop and help me. She presumes that she is worthy of so little, and so she grabs just the corner of his garment. She's like that Canaanite woman who Jesus had a conversation with, and Jesus rebukes the woman, tells her to stay back, essentially, and that woman says, look, even the crumbs from your table are enough for me. This woman comes to Jesus in humility, not demanding all of his attention, not demanding that he stop, not getting in his way, but hoping for just a little bit from Jesus, She thinks that her problem is not so severe that it warrants even a conversation. Let me just touch the corner of his garment. Humility is one of the characteristics of faith. It brings nothing before Jesus except for the trouble. It brings no claim for itself. It doesn't say, look at how faithful I am. Look at how much I trust in you. It doesn't say, look at how good I am or how worthy I am or how much I deserve this. Least of all does it say, this is your fault. You fix this. You did this to me. You make it better. It just comes to Jesus with the problem. The only thing, the only thing to offer is your trouble. Now that is true for you when you have various troubles in life, the kinds of troubles that we sang about in that last hymn, when you suffer, when you sorrow, when you grieve, when you are anxious, whatever it might be, bring those troubles to Jesus. That's an act of humility. Lay them at his feet. But most of all, bring this, your greatest, most grievous trouble. Bring your sin. To Jesus. That is to come before him in humility, to make no claims for yourself, to make no claims about what you deserve or what he owes you, but to bring only your trouble. That's the first characteristic of faith, this humility. But there is another component, and it is so clear in both of these people. It is their confidence in Jesus, their certainty that not only can he help them, but he will their confidence in his mercy and goodness. Listen to what Jairus says. My daughter has died, followed with, come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Not a hint of doubt in what he asks of Jesus. Not a hint of uncertainty, but confidence that, yes, in fact, Jesus laying his hand on a dead person will raise that person from the dead. Jairus is certain of all the things that he's heard and believed about Jesus. They are true. He is the Son of God, the one who breathed life into that little girl to begin with. So of course, of course, he can restore her life. Or this woman, if only I touch his garment. What marvelous confidence that even just the smallest bit of Jesus, even just the smallest corner of the clothing that he is wearing is is enough to give her exactly and everything that she needs. She comes to him in complete confidence. There's no uncertainty, there's no, maybe this will work, or this might turn out, or I hope, I hope against hope that this will work out, but confidence. You can see how opposite that is to the way the world works. There's a story in the Old Testament about Esther, Queen Esther, whose people, the Jews, were under threat from a villain in the kingdom. They were exiles away from home, and Queen Esther was brought to be the queen of the king, King Artaxerxes. And here she was, and her people were about to be destroyed by this villain. She was given the task by her cousin Mordecai to go and ask the king for help. But there's a problem with asking King Artaxerxes of anything. If you come into his throne room, he might look on you with disfavor. The odds are about even. You walk in, and if you have interrupted him or he's just in a bad mood, you get executed. But if instead he raises his golden scepter and you come and touch his scepter, then he will hear you. But you don't know. Coming into his throne, you don't know whether he's going to raise that scepter or whether he's going to execute you. It's understandable why Esther was hesitant to go and talk to the king. Mordecai said to her, Who knows, Esther, it may be that you have been put in this place for such a time as this. Esther could have no confidence in that king. She had confidence in God. But see how different it is with Jesus. When you come into his presence, like Jairus and this poor woman, when you come into his presence, it is with no uncertainty whatsoever. You know how he thinks of you. You know his favor towards you. You know how lavish his love and how much he wants to show you mercy. There is no uncertainty whatsoever. You can be completely confident. He has even invited you to call him Father, to talk to him the, to the way a child speaks to his dear father, with boldness and confidence. Humility and confidence, these are the two aspects, the two characteristics of faith that you can see in Jairus and this woman with a flow of blood. But it's important to know that humility and confidence are not some sort of a formula, it's not like some sort of a magic, a secret password. That if you get these two things right, then you can have whatever you want. The reason why humility and confidence are a part of faith is because faith receives from Jesus mercy. The main thing that God gives to you is forgiveness. The main thing, the main thing in the story of the world, in the story of your lives, the main thing is the mercy of God towards sinners. And so, if you're not a sinner, that is, if you've not been brought low, recognizing your sin then you would have no reason to come to him in the first place. And if you are unsure whether he's going to hurt you or help you, you would have no reason to come to him in the first place. So, of course, those things are requisite. Of course, you must be humble. Of course, you must be confident. But these are things that you cannot muster on your own. You cannot decide to be humble. You cannot decide to be confident. I cannot teach you to be humble or confident the way I can teach the content of the catechism. We can all learn to memorize The Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer and the Creed. We can learn the words of Jesus, but God himself must teach us humility. God himself must teach us confidence. And here's how he does it. In the first place, sometimes with great pain. For it is God who brings us low so that he can exalt us. It is God who brings us low through suffering and grief and sorrow so that we learn our need, so that we are humbled before him. So that we do not come to him hoping to stand before him, but kneeling in his presence. Think of any number of folks in the Bible who find grace finally in time of need. Think about the thief on the cross. The time when he hears these precious words of Jesus is the moment before he breathes his last. It took him, a criminal, being nailed to a cross to be brought low enough to hear the mercy of Jesus. Think about the suffering that this woman suffered at the hands of many physicians. Twelve years, she endured all of that pain. Think about Saul, who went around and preached to the nations, how he had to be brought low, recognizing that he was working against God, shocked on the road to Damascus, thrown off his horse and blinded. That's what it took for him to be brought low. That is how God teaches us humility. So whenever you encounter trouble in your life, whenever you feel that you are being brought low, thank God. Thank God. For it is not the work of the devil to hurt you, but by God's grace, even the evil you suffer in your life is for your good, because he teaches you humility, so that you can kneel before him with all your trouble and ask for grace. He teaches you confidence in so many ways, most of all by holding before your eyes always the cross of Jesus. You cannot look at the cross of Jesus and have any doubt about God's love for you. Look at what he was willing to pay to show you mercy, to forgive your sins, to give you life and a hope for the future. Look at what he was willing to give up to promise you eternity. Be confident. If he was willing to do that, he will do anything for you. There is no trouble too great, no problem too large, no sin too grievous that you cannot bring before him, and he will deal with it. He will make you well. So come always, come always into his presence. Be like Jairus, be like this woman. Come into his presence. Come in prayer, day in and day out. Pray without ceasing. Come to church, drawn near to the throne of grace to receive from Jesus his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. There, there your confidence and your humility are rewarded with every blessing. Look, it's not just a corner of his garment that he gives to you. You don't get to just touch him with the tip of your finger, but he gives you all of himself. He does not withhold anything from you. Rejoice and be glad that you have such a wonderful Savior. To God alone be all glory now and forever. Amen.